Welcome to Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School Directors. Our directors here are Danielle Roach, Assistant Director in Mill Valley, Alex Dutton, Program Director in Lafayette, Liz Nolesco, Program Director in Mill Valley, and Judy House, Program Director in Walnut Creek. Today, our topic is going to be about quality care. Quality child care. What is it? Where is it? And where is it going? Those are important questions for all parents of young children and, of course, for child care providers. So we're going to first talk about what is quality child care. So let's think for a minute about that. I like to think of quality child care in terms of the ABCs of quality. The first is A. When you walk into a child care center, do you feel the attitude? The attitude should be one of professionalism and warmth on the part of everybody that you talk to and interact with at the school. So that's A. B is bonding. We actually like to call it attachment at Old Firehouse School. Can you see a relationship between the children and the teachers? Is that really strong? Is it a strong one? Can you feel that? Because that's what we're looking for. And then C, the important thing about learning and childcare is really about trying to instill curiosity in young children. What makes them curious? What's going to make the world fascinating for them? It's not about teaching them the ABCs. It's not about teaching facts. It's about developing curiosity. So again, the ABCs of quality child care. What do the rest of you think you should look for in quality child care? This is Alex. When I started having friends who are having children and they started asking me what to look for when they were looking at preschools, I told them that the things that would give me the most clues about a school were to ask, what is the tenure of the staff? Like, how long have most of them been there? What is turnover like? And so this kind of goes back a little bit to Dorothy, what you were saying about attachment that teachers might have to the children. And then is it a play-based school? Because We are early educators who know that play is really how children learn. The philosophy of the school being play-based and then just whether or not the staff has felt connected enough to the school to stay will make a really big difference in how a child is going to experience their school and how you as a family or you as a parent are going to also experience that first uh, school experience. I can speak to tenure. Just this morning, I had a prospective parent stop by unexpectedly to see if we had openings. And after I told her we were fully enrolled at the moment and talked about, you know, setting up a tour in January, she asked me how long I'd been here. And I was able to say I've been here for 20 years, 11 years as a teacher, and I'm starting my 10th year as a director. And you can tell it's a good place to be if somebody's been here for that long. I think the other thing that's important to look at when you're looking at the tenure of staff at an early learning center in general is how long they've been in the field as well as how long they've been at the school. I think there's a lot to be said for both teachers who have started at one place and really grown as a professional over the years. And I think there's also something really wonderful about teachers who have worked at other schools, have experience in a number of different settings, and then have gone on to stay at whichever school they're at presently. I think there's a lot to be said for the experience that they come to the school with in addition to how long they've been at that particular school. Thank you. That was Liz Nolesco, our director in Mill Valley. The first person was Alex uh, Dutton, our director in Lafayette. And Judy was our second person, uh, the director in Walnut Creek. So Danielle, do you have something to add to this? The other part to look out for when you're looking for quality is that the staff is well-trained and how they're trained, how often they do their training. Those are all great questions to bring up in 
see what those are like throughout their school year. Thank you, Danielle. Danielle is the assistant director in Mill Valley right now. So let's move on to another topic here. Where do you find quality? When I am looking for a quality teacher, what I look for is somebody who immediately comes in is what I like to call a, a child whisperer, where they know how to approach children, their eyes are on the children, they are really, really, truly interested in the children. If they're more interested in talking to adults, then that's really not going to be my first choice for a teacher. I want someone who's drawn to be with children, seems to be happy talking with children, and knows how to approach children. That's my perspective, what you should look for in a teacher when you go and look at a child care program. Obviously, that desire to be with them and wanting to spend time with them, wanting to learn about them is huge. And I think the first piece, but I think another really critical thing that I look at when I'm looking at teachers and we have them you know, interviewing here is the way they interact with the children when they demonstrate how they view children. If that's, you know, when you listen to their language and their tone of voice, if it's very directive, if it's very commanding, if they're taking the lead in the child's play versus listening and reflecting and really responding to the child as an individual and their specific ideas rather than this broad idea of this is what every child is. I think being able to individualize in that way and interacting with the child like a respected person rather than this half-formed person to be is really critical. I remember that we had a family who was with us for, I think, three years with their older child and then decided they were just going to go to a neighborhood preschool a lot closer to them for their second one. And within a few months, I remember them calling and just asking, please, do you have any space for our younger one? We were so <laughs> we made a mistake. The other school had a lot of the same ideas, but when we walk in, we don't feel valued. We don't feel welcomed. And everyone just kind of looks and says hi, and then just kind of looks blankly at the children. And that warmth and that way that families feel when you walk into a place, if you feel like your children are going to be happy there, are you happy entering the school? That's going to make a difference in how the experience, again, is going to be for your family. I think tacking onto that, Alex, your body language, when you walk into a classroom as a parent, are you comfortable or do you tense up? Do you feel like you're walking into a family friend's home or does it feel really rigid? Because your kids will feed off of that. They'll notice your body language and how you feel walking into a classroom. That's exactly what I told my brother years ago when he was looking for preschool and they had narrowed it down to two choices. He's like, how do we decide? <laughs> I was like, wherever you feel most comfortable, your child will pick up on that and they will feel comfortable there too, which is exactly what you want. I think also when we're talking about where is quality, how do you search for quality? I think that Danielle's point earlier about the staff training is really important, how much emphasis is put on training. Danielle, you want to say a few more words about that? Yeah. Um, having worked at a few other schools before coming to Old Firehouse School, something I <laughs> noticed was missing from other schools were professional development days. I worked at some schools who didn't have any professional development days. I worked at one school that had two staff development days. And then when I came to Old Firehouse School, we have 13 in a school year. As a teacher, I was acutely aware of how big of a difference those professional development days are to teachers. During those days, teachers are able to build team morale. They have opportunities to further their knowledge from other experts in the early childhood education field. 
They're able to update their classrooms and discuss experiences that are happening in their classrooms to problem solve with their coworkers. The professional development days are incredibly important in keeping teacher turnover low and generally happy teachers. So for those reasons, I always try to bring that up when people are wondering about what they should be asking their potential preschool options. I think that's such an important point because often parents really resent those days that schools shut down for professional development, but it really makes a difference to the quality of the environment your child is spending these important years in. Okay, in terms of what kind of curriculum are you looking for? Anybody have any ideas about that? Well, I think regardless of the curriculum, you want to make sure kids are doing some sort of self-regulating activities. Like at circle time, are they listening to other children? Are they taking turns speaking? You know, a little bit of waiting is a good thing for kids. Thank you, Judy. Let's move on now to our last question about where is quality childcare going? Well, this is the bad news. We're very concerned about the status of childcare in California. It looks to us with a huge movement of the public schools taking on all four-year-olds. This is going to leave private childcare, community-based childcare that you're all so used to without funds and ability to keep going. We would like to know why that money couldn't go with the child. For instance, if you wanted your child to go to the public school, they should go to the public school. If you wanted them to go to Old Firehouse School, they should be able to go to Old Firehouse School. Now, the future is being written right now, and we need to reach out to our legislators and say, let's hold off on this TK expansion. Let's make sure that all quality child care programs are involved in this new universal preschool. I think that the idea of universal pre-K or TK, these are all things that as early educators, we of course support. But what we're seeing in California is that it's not taking into account the many different needs that families have, that most public school programs are going to have a very short three or four hour long program and not necessarily have a wraparound care for families who need the full day option for families who are both working and can't have their children go home at 1230 every day. The universal TK and pre-K that's being discussed and implemented within the next year is going to take away enrollment from currently existing schools and move all of those children into those schools and preschools that currently are operating. We can't survive without that enrollment. What we're hoping for is that the California will try to do a mixed delivery system, which is already something that many other states do, where, like Dorothy said, parents get a choice. You can use the money to enroll your child in a public school, or you can use that money to go towards tuition in a private school that's open year round full day. So there's a lot of changes that might be happening really soon that is alarming to many of us who have been in the field for so long because our work isn't really being considered as part of the solution. And and we see childcare centers closing every month. Yeah. We have a letter right now we want to read to you about a local childcare center. Yeah, the childcare field is a very close knit field. It's mostly women owned and operated. And during the pandemic, we have all really banded together to help each other to figure out how we can operate. And many preschools like ours have been open most of the pandemic. You know, once it was okay for us to open, we were deemed essential workers. And so we came back. 
despite a lot of our work and the sense that we are essential to our society, the discussion of universal pre-K is closing down centers and making centers who are already opening and have been open for decades actually close already because they're losing enrollment. This was a letter from a school in Berkeley that is closing. And it was just really sad to read and put into focus for a lot of us what's happening. And I'll read a little bit for you right now. Many of you can relate to our story. Our community has lost many long-term schools lately, including 45-year-old Claremont Day School, 65-year-old Griffin School, 20-plus-year-old Frog Hollow, and many more. Pre-COVID, if someone was ready to retire, there was a line of others ready to take the school to the future. Not now. When schools close, that's it. It feels important to share our stories and how they are impacted by California's elementary school-based universal preschool plan. There is absolutely no doubt that my school would have survived if California had adopted a different approach. California placed impossible barriers in our way before COVID and intensified them into a lethal degree post-COVID. Some of the $3 billion that is presented as child care relief funds should have gone to the child care field. Instead, it is diverted into the public school system. It should have been used to help parents offset the costs of community-based preschools that are so loved, along with an option to attend elementary school-based setting. It should have been used to expand access to preschool for all children. Why couldn't impossible barriers be lifted so actual preschools could expand to meet the demand? We could serve more families in a more affordable manner. Elementary school programs cost as much as Rockridge Little School. Who would choose a nine-month part-day program in a one-to-twelve ratio that was outsourced with before and after care in a summer break instead of a community-based school that's designed for young children? How could the stats of preschool success be used to justify the destruction of our female-driven field? How is it that those of us who have been advocating for affordable access to preschool throughout our careers are now portrayed as self-serving when childcare funds are diverted to the public school system? Thank you, Alex. That's a really sad statement. I think Holly did a good job in stating the case. If you'd like to help us, if you'd like to save childcare, if you'd like to make sure that's going to be there, your own baby, two-year-old or three-year-old, then please help us contact your state representative and let them know that you believe in a mixed delivery system for childcare in California. Let them know soon so we don't lose what we have now in terms of quality childcare. So on that hopeful, sad and hopeful note, we're going to close this podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and being there for us. I'd like to thank all of our directors for being on this podcast. Thank you. And subscribe to our podcast as well as follow us on all the socials, Old Firehouse Schools on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that's where you can find more information about Universal Preschool and what what we may be able to do about it. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.